You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, and welcome in. This is Theology for the Rest of Us, and I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, recording from the beautiful sunshine state of Florida. Thanks for listening. This is episode 164, and I'm going to be answering a very interesting question that was sent to me by email from a regular listener. I'm going to be talking about how do we determine which areas of theology are most important, or which doctrines can we call open-handed versus close-handed, and how do we come to those conclusions? Great question. I'm going to dive into that in just a moment. Before we get to the meat and the heart of today's episode, let me just ask a huge favor of everyone. If you're listening to this and you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, if if this podcast has been a blessing to you in any way whatsoever, can you do me a huge, huge favor? Can you head on over to whatever app or directory you're familiar with and leave a review? Uh, reviews are a huge, huge, uh, they're a big, big deal. They're, they're a huge importance to the show. They really fuel, you know, kind of the traction we get within the, the search rankings. And so, in essence, the, the more good reviews we have, the more people we will reach. And so, if you're someone that's willing to do that, if you can head out over and leave a review, uh, that would be a big, big help, especially if you're an Apple user, you know, you're listening to this on iTunes, on your computer, or you're listening to this in the podcast app on your iPad or your iPhone. Head on over, leave a review, uh, tell the world you love the podcast. That would be a big, big help. Thank you in advance. All right, let's get to the meat for today's episode. This is a really interesting question. It came to me by email from a regular listener, a guy by the name of Zach. And Zach says this in his email. He says, I'm an avid listener to your podcast as I find religion fascinating and your style very accessible. It is interesting to hear the Protestant perspective on things as your theology has always seemed very ad hoc to me. I have one overarching overarching question. How do you know? I'll stop there. Uh, Zach's question or email goes uh, very long. In fact, it's much longer than uh, than what I'll read here. He actually asked several questions in his email, um, but over the course of the e- over the course of the next few episodes, I promise I'm going to answer several questions that Zach proposed. I think he's got some really great thoughts. But in in essence, uh, Zach is you know is kind of telling us. Hey, you know, I, I love religion. I really appreciate your, your podcast, but uh, you know, he doesn't seem to be. Uh, a, he's definitely not a Protestant and doesn't seem to be a Bible-believing Christian. I, I could be wrong, Zach. I apologize if I'm misunderstanding uh, your perspective. Um, it seems like he is someone though has a, that has a deep, uh, you know, a deep appreciation for religion, or at minimum is very interested uh, in religion. And I guess he just basically is asking the question: How do I know? He, he later says this in his email. He says, "You ex- you seem extremely certain in your opinions, and I would like to know why." Below, I've listed the four sub-questions, and so he, he's listed several questions. I'm only going to tackle one of them in this episode, and again, I'll get to some of the others in future episodes. He says this, he says, I recently listened to your episode on open-hand versus closed-hand issues. How do you decide what is open-hand and what is closed-hand? It sounds an awful like it uh, sounds an awful lot like you, among other people, make this determination based on what is important to you and what you regard as def- as defining your faith. Is this not the case? Is this not the case? Can others not make a case for different close-handed issues? And if so, what gives you right the right to say whose issues are truly paramount? 
Let me tell you, Zach, this is a great, great question, and I really appreciate that. Uh, For anyone listening to this that has not listened to my episode on close-handed versus open-handed issues, I did that way back in episode 101. I want to highly encourage you, as soon as possible, uh, go back and listen to that. In fact, pause this episode, stop listening to it right now, go back and listen to episode 101 if you haven't listened to that, or maybe you forgot what that episode is about. Stop this one and go listen to that one. It was a really important episode and some of the concepts I cover and then come back and finish listening to this episode after that. Um, In essence, though, I basically talked about how there are some issues that are close hand, meaning these are the most important issues and we fight for these. And if you don't believe these issues, well, then you're not even a Christian. You're something different altogether. Open handed is, hey, you and I can be, be loving and worshiping the same God. We can trust the same God. We can trust the same scriptures. We can both call ourselves Christians. We're both on the same team, but maybe we 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 view some things differently. Um, and it doesn't mean these open-handed issues aren't important. In fact, many of them are extremely important. And it doesn't mean you can't have strong opinions on these. I have fierce, strong, very strong opinions on a lot of open-handed issues. It just means that we're willing to we're willing to say, hey, you're still you're still on my team. We just we just have some different perspectives, right? Or maybe a better metaphor might be, hey, we're still playing the same sport, but we're on different teams, right? or we're playing different positions, uh, things of that nature. That might be those, those are weak metaphors. I'm just trying to make sense of it for you. Uh, and so that's in essence. And, and Zach's question is, well, will you decide what's open handed, and and do other people decide what's open handed? What if you guys determine different? Like, what if certain Christians say, well, these things are close handed, but you say they're not close handed? What do you do then? Well, Zach, let me tell you this. That actually is happening in the world today. That is the case. There are some people out there that that are professing Christians that say that these issues are close handed and their list of closed handed issues is a lot longer than mine. There are some Christians out there that will tell you that you can only read the King James Bible, that there's no other Bible to be trusted. Oh, I disagree with that. I, and I don't think that's a close-handed issue. Listen, if someone chooses to read the King James translation of the Bible, and I choose to read the English Standard translation of the Bible, the ESV, I, I'm okay with it. I think we can both love and we can both love and worship the same God, but have different opinions on which translation is best. There are other Christians that would basically say that, no, I'm wrong. And so there is there is a difference of opinion in terms of what is close-handed and what is open-handed. And, and I think Zach is right. To some extent, there, there's a seeming of like, well, how do you come to the determination of this? Um, Zach, the way we determine this is, is the same way the Bible was compiled. If someone has not listened to my episode on how the Bible was compiled back in episode 144, I talked in length about how the Bible was compiled. Over the course of time, certain scriptures were written that that became obvious they were both authentic and authoritative, that these words transcended mere human words, and therefore they ought to be treated differently than any other teaching or writings from any of the early church leaders. There, there was this idea that that people recognize this, that, that over the course of time, through studying and testing and evaluating and examining, people came to the, the realization that these scriptures were authoritative. Eventually, the scriptures over the course of time 
were realized that, that, hey, that these were indeed different. And that, again, there was a universal consensus that, that individual pockets of people realized it sooner than others. But eventually, there was an overarching consensus that, that there was ex, there was substantial examination of all of the writings and all of the scriptures uh, and all of the, you know, kind of teachings from the early church as well as the second generation of church leaders. And that all of these, the, the kind of the ones that, that passed the test, that stood the test of time, were the ones that were put into the canon um, in the in the third and fourth century. Well, well, kind of when it comes to close-handed issues, there's sort of a similar thought process. Over the course of time, there's kind of been a consensus, and that there was some disagreement in the in the second and third century among certain Christians. But over the course of time, after a variety of you know. You know uh, councils, a bunch of debates, a lot of conversation, a lot of writing, that overall we've come to a consensus that certain issues, and that generally speaking, overall there's a handful of things that all Christians come to agree. That everyone who says, I have met Jesus, I believe in Jesus, I trust in Jesus, and he is the only way. That everyone who's willing to profess that, that they would call themselves Christians and followers of Christ, those people overall over the last several, you know, uh, several centuries or several millennia have come to the consensus as to what issues are most important. Now, are there certain individual groups that disagree? Yeah, I just mo- I mentioned that a moment ago, right? There are certain churches or certain groups that would say, no, the, the consensus is wrong, that, that everyone else is wrong, the universally accepted list of issues that are close-handed, they're wrong. Um and the reality is those groups exist, but they're outliers. There is, an, there is a universal consensus that comes to the forefront, that here are the things that all Christians agree on that are essential. And if you disagree with this, well, then you're not even a Christian. You're something different altogether. Don't call yourself a Christian. You're wasting your time because you, you don't believe the same thing we believe. Um, and, and as I look at the list of things that we would say are closed-handed, um, again, there's a general consensus. Now, there's maybe one or two things that are not as strongly agreed upon. Like maybe the you know four or five things that there's kind of a general consensus, and then there's one or two things that are maybe not as universally agreed upon, but are sometimes a part of the conversation. Again, you can go back and listen to episode 101. I dialogue more about that. But in essence, Zach, to answer your question, how do we determine, or how did I determine what is you know what is closed-handed and what is open-handed? Well, I'm, I'm looking at the universal consensus opinion of of Christians and f- believers over the last several centuries. Now, every couple hundred years, events take place in human history that kind of challenge the status quo. Uh, you know, there this has happened multiple times throughout church history. The, the the kind of the grandest moment when this took place was at the Reformation in the 1500s. At the Reformation, this is when a large group of of you know, Bible-believing Christians stood up and said, wait a minute, we think the Catholic Church has gotten it wrong in some ways and in some areas. And there was sort of a challenge. And over the course of several decades, there was a lot of dialogue, a lot of debate, several councils. And then and then over the, you know, next 100 to 150 years, there was a variety of, of debates and discussions and synods and councils that, that kind of led to extensive examining of the scriptures and a kind of a, a re-dialoguing or kind of a, a, a reopening of the conversation about what is closed-handed, what is open-handed, what is absolute, and what is not. What does it really mean to be a Christian, and how does how someone really come to, you know, how does someone really save and come to faith in Christ, and all of those sorts of conversations. And then again, after the Reformation and the, in the, the century following the Reformation, we see sort of 
kind of a a, a kind of a normalizing or kind of we, we hit kind of a, a new status quo, a new norm, so to speak, um, within this movement that, that is today labeled Protestantism. Um, and really since the Reformation, again, there's been kind of a universal consensus amongst people you know, that are that are Bible-believing Christians that would say, hey, we believe these are the closed-handed issues. And so you end up with kind of two major camps. You have the kind of the traditional Catholic and you have the the you know, Reformation Protestant camps where the, the list of closed-handed and open-handed issues may vary slightly amongst those two camps. But, but the same way it was agreed upon for centuries is the way that Protestants, we have agreed upon uh, what is closed-handed, what is open-handed. That is kind of just over a long period of time seeking to gain a consensus from a large number of people that are genuinely, you know, and open-heartedly trying to wholeheartedly seek the truth as they examine and observe the scriptures. And so ultimately, the, the list that I have that I would say here are the closed-handed issues, the things that are most important to me, I've come to that list. I've come to that realization based upon what has been universally accepted or what's the universal consensus by Christians over the, the many centuries from you know dating back to the first and second century all the way up to today. And that's kind of how I've come to it. I think there are three areas that you can kind of put close-handed issues in. Number one is, uh, does the area, does the area change the way we view the nature of God? Like if a particular doctrine fundamentally gives us an understanding of the nature and essence of God or changes the traditional view or essence of God, then that's an issue that we have to view as a close-handed issue, right? So the issue of the Trinity, God being a triune God versus being not triune, well, that changes the nature of God, the essence of who God is. So that has to be a close-handed issue. As we argue and debate, this cannot be something we just go, well, maybe we'll disagree. No, no. We have to come to a conclusion and we have to fight for what we believe to be true. And if someone chooses to go against what is the universal consensus as what we see in the scripture, then, then that person cannot be embraced as a part of one of the family. They, they can't be a part of one of us. They can be something different if they like, but if you deny the Trinity, well, then you're not a Christian. Like that's that's kind of the, the perspective I would take on any doctrine that relates to the character and nature of God. The second area that's really important to me, that's just as important, is, is does this change the way we see eternity? And specifically how people end up in eternity and where they end up in eternity and whether or not that location is permanent. Like those are the sorts of things that come up in conversation. So any doctrine that's about heaven or hell, the existence of heaven or hell, uh, whether or not people need to believe in Jesus to get to heaven, if uh, whether or not people, everyone goes to heaven, whether or not the even is a real place called heaven or hell, like those sort of questions, to any, any doctrine related to that is close-handed for me. Again, based on what I see from the, the overall, or the universe universal consensus from church history. And then the third area is, um, does, uh, does this particular doctrine make it impossible for us to determine absolute truth? As I look in scripture and as I, as I observe who God is in the natural order of things, I see a God who is seeking to reveal himself both generally through creation as well as special in a special manner through his scripture. I see that God is seeking to reveal himself to humanity.
Therefore, the doctrines that are related to how God reveals himself, in particular when it comes to the, the Holy Scriptures, I believe those doctrines are closed-handed. Right? If, you, if someone is presenting or asserting an idea that makes it impossible for us to know who God is, for us to understand who God is, for us to, to understand his character and nature, well, then, then, then we're on a slippery slope and we've got some fuzzy you know, thoughts, and we've got potential for bad or false theology. And so in my mind, that's an area of closed-handed issue. And so, Zach, to answer your question again, I use the universal consensus from church history, and I specifically pay attention to any doctrines or any issues that fall in the one of three these three camps, the character and nature and the essence of God, um, eternity and the location of eternity and how people get into you know, that particular spot in eternity, as well as how God reveals himself, in particular with the scriptures. Those are the areas of doctrine and theology that I would say are closed-handed and I think are essential, uh, you know, really to the orthodox nature of the Christian faith. Zach, thank you so much for your email. Great email, and I promise I will get to several of the other questions you mentioned in your email in future episodes. Anyone else listening to this, if you have a question about anything I said in this episode, maybe you have a follow-up question, or maybe you have a, a question that's completely unrelated that you'd like me to address on the podcast, feel free to shoot me an email. The address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Hey, if you're a big fan of podcasting, check out my other podcast, the Student Ministry Podcast. It's designed for any person seeking to invest in the lives of middle school, high school, or college students. Check it out on the web at studentministrypodcast.com. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.